let's revisit um, one of our top stories today. Stats Canada tells us that tomorrow around 12 noon, Canada's population hits 40 million people. Uh, right now, we're at about 39,997,000 and a couple of hundred more. On top of that, so we're just under just under 3,000 uh, more people that we need in this country. Uh, and by tomorrow at about noon, Stats Canada estimates we will have 40 million. Significant in the sense that uh, uh, the country is growing at about 2.7%, which is the highest level since 1957. Uh, we're planning to bring in about um, 465,000 new permanent residents this year in Canada, 485,000 in 2024, and 500,000 in 2025. And I was saying earlier, um, I recall having debates, um, reporting on debates when it comes to uh, uh, immigration in the 1990s, where we would debate 225,000 people coming to this country. So uh, it is um, it is a significant increase. Well, joining me now to talk about uh, us hitting the the um, landmark day tomorrow with 40 million people is Andy Yen, an urban planner and adjunct professor at Simon Fraser University. Andy, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Jess. Good afternoon. How important uh, is this in Canada's history? I think that it marks a period of remarkable change that we haven't really seen since the 1920s when we talk about immigration shaping the face of the country. Uh, And uh, overall, do you think we've done a decent job absorbing these people in this country and and trying to provide them with a with a decent standard of living or at least the opportunity to build their lives? Well, I think that that's really one of the ongoing challenges. Um, We certainly know the challenges when we talk about housing, but I think increasingly we know that there are, I think, bigger additional issues, I should say, around economic participation and, and, and means to get to that participation through transportation. That I think that there is still, I think, a pretty profound challenge as we invite the world to Canada, but yet at the same time, we don't seem to be willing to invest in the support systems that can uh, allow them to succeed. Uh, I, we were doing a, a housing segment uh, uh, last week, and I think we were mm-hmm. estimating Canada needs about five. Eight million homes by 2030. It's about 800,000 new homes that we need to build in this country every single year. And I think mm-hmm. we peaked in building homes. I think 220,000 was the number in 1972. We still struggle mm-hmm. to hit about that now, yet we need 800,000. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the rate mm-hmm. we're going, that's the people that are coming here, the significant increases in rents that we've seen in this city. Right. Do you think we're, we're hitting an inflection point somewhere where even the public are going to say, you know what, slow down or stop. I mean, on this show, we get calls occasionally and people saying, look, no immigration mm-hmm. for a few years. Like this is this has got to stop. Something is going to break. Or, or the immigration gets deflected or people will not settle. you got to remember the, these immigration numbers in particular, we like take that as a component of population growth. They're not evenly spread through the country like peanut butter. It's the fact that they're landing into just a few provinces and specifically just a few metropolitan areas. And as we have rents and and just the cost of living exceed the kind of incomes that are possible for many of these immigrants, and even for those of us who are are born here, that you'll see this type of possible uh, deflection of that into other, uh, other municipalities across the country, but also 
not perhaps not wanting to come here. So that also is a possibility um, if we don't get ahead of our challenges in terms of housing and economic mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen in the last six months, and maybe just as me and, and maybe a bit superficial, but it seems to me we're actually making or there's a desire to start recognizing foreign credentials. Nursing mm-hmm. is a classic, classic example where in Ontario and in BC, they're finding all these foreign nurses and they all live in our respective provinces. We're just giving mm-hmm. them a chance for the first time that we haven't mm-hmm. done so in two or three decades. I mean, do you think there is an underlying institutional uh, attempt now to, to say, how do we sort of smooth the playing field here for these immigrants, for trained foreign uh, professionals to actually have a chance to build on their career that they had in, in their respective countries? Do you think just because of where our labor force has been set up, the challenges right. before us, do you think the system is actually fundamentally actually trying to start actually address this now? It's slow, but I think it's incredibly painful because we invite some of the most educated and most skilled uh, immigrants into this country. And the first thing we do is we de-skill them, that we begin to not recognize the kind of education and human capital they bring in and instead put them into positions and the, uh, into the, the jobs which don't fully utilize the human capital that they themselves have spent decades to invest in. Mm. So I think that this is, I think, a more positive change, but I think in one ways, in certain avenues, it's not changing fast enough because of just the sheer wastage of human capital that these immigrants bring to this country that we completely underutilize. Uh, you said there was uneven... Um uh, I mean, immigrants are coming to this country. The three most popular mm-hmm. cities remain Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we should consider uh, perhaps a legislation that would tell immigrants, look, we need you to stay in, 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 in areas outside of those three major centers for the first five years? I'm not sure if you could do that under the Canadian Charter. Yeah. But do <laughs> yeah. we need, is there a way to encourage more of that? Do you think we need to be looking at that? Because you're right, we all don't need to be in Vancouver and Toronto and Montreal. There's this vast country out there, a lot of urban areas that certainly are smaller than these three cities, but they still have all the amenities, everything else. Is there a way, do you think, to encourage that? Well, I, I think the most direct way of encouraging that is ensuring that there is a level of economic activity in other 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 parts of this country outside of those three uh, metropolitan areas. That that those types of economic economic opportunities are also transmitted to say that if you're coming to Canada, would you like to consider coming into these other parts of the country? That it isn't just Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto, but that there are many other parts. You can imagine parts like out in Calgary and Alberta, or even in Manitoba that offer the kind of possibility um, of opportunities for them to, to build their lives in Canada. But I think a lot of it also reflects where at least the perception of economic opportunities are and the information towards where these opportunities are that ultimately immigrants land in those three cities. But yet, I think that that's also another project to make people aware of what lies beyond those three cities in Canada. Some have said, and there's a broader conversation on this, and, and uh, that Canada, to truly reach its its potential, uh, 
Our population actually actually has to hit 100 million people. And what they mean by that is it gives you a strong domestic economy where you have companies that can have a strong domestic base, and then they can expand internationally uh, to many other jurisdictions. And too often in this country, we have co- companies that have uh, really strong ideas, strong IP. They can get to a certain level, but our economy is not big enough. And bigger companies come and swallow them up, they buy them, and then they take that intellectual property and move it to other places. Uh, it also says, look, a strong domestic economy means our movie and television industry would do be- better if we had 100 million residents who can watch Canadian movies and, uh, and, and TV shows uh, through a variety of industries, educational uh, educational institutions, all of that. Um, do you think this country um, should be looking at that type of longer-term thinking, or is it something that probably isn't going to be palatable for residents? Well, I think that it's the kind of infrastructure behind that growth that is critical, that as much as we talk about 100 million people coming to this country, it's what is the infrastructure behind that that needs to be also coming into play, whether it comes to our education system, our housing system, our economic, our, our economy in terms of the recognition of, of really the innovation and the entrepreneurism that immigrants bring in, that the systems through which we need to support immigration, much less immigration, to that level and that population at 100 million, I think, is lacking. I think that we are very much still struggling at now soon to be 40 million, that really we are going to need, if we really want to aspire for 100 million, we are going to need the infrastructure to support that 100 million population. And, and just to clarify, when you say infrastructure, you're talking about housing, variety of housing, you're talking about public transit, SkyTrain, mm-hmm. uh, more ra- roads, uh, um, you know, a, a vital port system. You're talking about right. that physical infrastructure or are you talking about perhaps more more people infrastructure or, or even uh, programs that recognize university degrees, whatever it may be? Is that right. what you're talking about in regards to the broader infrastructure that's needed? I'm talking about, if you will, the the promise that Canadians make to these immigrants, the fulfillment of those promises. That you you know, one of the most interesting things is to find out that three in ten immigrants who are new to the country take transit to work in metropolitan Vancouver. That's nearly twice the rate of the locals who are here. And I think that that talks to you to, to the grit of immigrants trying to build their lives in this country. And yet, at the same time, I think we as Canadians welcoming these new Canadians here have a responsibility that we can help all create the tools for their success because their success is ultimately our success. Absolutely. Andy, thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure. 